my darling sons. When you each came into the world, I marveled at the miracle that created you. I held you in my arms and knew I would cherish you until the breath left my body. Now I must bid farewell to all three of you at once. The Almighty has indeed challenged me on this day. I know you go on a great adventure, and do so with eagerness and enthusiasm. The Highlands offer less opportunity to you of late. I know this, and mourn the circumstances of your leaving, even as I know you will do honor to the Machian name. When someone asks me about my sons, I'll speak proudly of you. My eldest son, I'll say, remained in Scotland a few days' journey away, but one of my sons travelled to England to make peace with the conqueror, while the other set sail for America. You will have children of your own, each of them carrying the Machian blood and name. Tell them about our history, how we dreamed of an empire. Tell them about the place from which we came a corner of Scotland, known for its men of greatness and nobility. Mention your mother, if you will, who bravely relinquished her sons to the future. The Almighty has not given us the power of foresight, but I cannot help but think years from now, your children and your children's children will be proud Machians, as formidable as their ancestors. Love sometimes means sacrifice, and I feel that truly on this day. I sacrifice you to honor, to your heritage, and to a future only you can create. Go with God, my darling sons. May your dreams be realized, and may he always protect you. Anne Summers McKeon, Scotland, June 1746 Chapter 1. Glasgow, Scotland, May 1863 Rose thanked the driver as she exited the carriage and made her way down the path to the door. She didn't know what she expected, but the three-story structure with its curved front surprised her. The bay windows, one on each side of the house, were curved as well. She had the thought that it was a friendly place, that the windows were almost like eyes. The two columns on either side of the front steps created an open mouth, almost as if the house were saying, Who are you, a stranger? Welcome anyway. What if he refused to see her? What if he sent her away? That couldn't happen. She couldn't allow it to happen. She'd come so far. Scotland surprised her almost as much as its people. Everyone from the porter to her fellow travelers on the train had been a delight, genial and exceedingly helpful. While it was true they were curious, almost intrusively so, she didn't mind repeating that yes, she was an American. Yes, the war was a terrible thing. Thankfully, most of the discussions of her country ended there. She didn't have to explain where she came from, what she truly thought about the war, and why she wore mourning. Because she was unaccompanied, no doubt most assumed she was a widow. Assumptions were wonderful things. They kept her from lying. Rose had expected a country filled with unique vistas. 
tall, craggy mountains and heather-bedecked glens. She saw those and more, heart-stopping bridges that arched over gorges and rivers crashing over rocks to settle in placid pools. Sections of Scotland were green and verdant. Other places were brown, gray, and black. When they arrived in Glasgow, her opinion of Scotland underwent a transformation. Here was a place as bustling as New York. Cranes and spires filled the horizon. The sound of hammering and shouting obscured the call of the seabirds overhead. Docks and ships, long buildings and bustling people, wagons and carriages, all gave the appearance of frenetic activity. She had no idea Glasgow was so large, so hilly, or so crowded. After carefully consulting the letter in her reticule, she gave the hired driver the address to the McKeon house. How odd that after all these weeks, all she felt was an incredible urge to sleep. <laughs>